of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. This is my man Patrick. Plays songs and uh, some uh, songs from a very talented human being, very talented artist, who you have a chance to see live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is The Waters, and they are playing tonight down at Sam's Town Point, down south. There you go. Wow, wow. that's it- one place I've never heard of. I used to hang out at Sam's Town Point back in the day. Oh, okay. I used to hang out there. Yeah, it's yeah. a no, but it's a double wide trailer. It is it's a cool little bar. Okay. Mm, right, used that's to, good used to, to be a little bit older of a crowd. Now uh, it's getting a little bit cooler, more hip. Uh-huh. See? That's why Patrick knows about it. Cause yeah, Patrick's, no doubt. Oh, no, I was there, I was there, when, I was there drinking at 3 p.m. With the, with the old people back in the day. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> see? You back got... when I was a young man. Uh, <laughs> drinking with old people when you were a young well, no, man. Well, no, I was working for a band, and so there was like, when you were off, you didn't have anything to do, so you'd start drinking, but you couldn't drink with people your age because they had jobs. It sounds like. <laughs> so you'd have to go drink with people that were retired. It sounds like a start to a country music song. It, it, it's a definitely country music drinking with a lot of old men as a young man. Uh, it was back in those days when you'd hang out and you'd get to the bar and you'd be drinking in the back. You hear Judy died and you're like, man. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. Uh, you know what? They are they are serving me at three so I'll take it. <laughs> they start talking about Medicare and stuff. You're like, I gotta get out of here, man. I, I gotta go. Well, speaking of Medicare, <laughs> it's close to my birthday. Way to go, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did not. That was not a shot. That was not a shot, man. I promise you on that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, my man Hard celebrating his birthday today. So give him a shout out on the Specs text line 512-337-3776. You can also give him a shout out via Twitter at Hardball Harch. Any Twitterverse. I'm at Rod Davis. Any Twitterverse. And my man Patrick is at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. Uh, all right. Let's get to breaking down these conference championship games. And I want to get your picks, Harge, as well for the yep. conference, conference championship games in the Final Four. Uh, where do you want to start? AFC, NFC. Let's go NFC because I go know that NFC. you got you're, you're close to the to the to the information on this game because that's your boy. Yeah. Shano's your boy. This is fam. Yeah. Um, and so they they got a chance to to figure out a way to get back to the Super Bowl, and it's been a minute, right? So he's got to figure this out. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, it's gonna be a. I mean, it's gonna be a Herculean task uh, ahead. Off top. Yeah. Yep. Ahead of uh, my man Kyle Shanahan, Shano, as I like to call him, because he. It's honestly this Philadelphia Eagles team, in my opinion, right now. I I think they're playing with Jalen Hurts as, as Jalen Hurts is healthy, and I think he's as healthy as he's been in a while. Uh, man, they're just they're, they're playing better football than anybody that the 49ers have yep, faced. Yep. 49ers have not faced a team this good, and I don't think Philadelphia's faced a team this good. So I guess the whole point of, of the playoffs. My big concern for the 49ers is is Brock Purdy holding up against the best pass rush in the game. Yeah. 70 regular season sacks. They got five more in their first uh, divisional round game, uh, first playoff game. So they got 75 sacks now on the season. And you start looking at this group, man, and they, they can get pressure via blitz. They can get pressure just rushing four. Uh, they got 50 of their 70 uh, regular season sacks with just rushing four guys. And so they can they can drop, uh, you know, seven guys back into coverage and win the numbers advantage there and still apply a ton of pressure. Here's good news, though. I found this. Come on, this give, me, give me some nuggets. Um, Brock Purdy versus four-man pressures. He's got a 126 Point six passer rating versus four man pressure so far in his was he got eight starts now under his belt and the Eagles uh, like I guess I told you they're number one in generating four man pressure so they use it a lot but Brock Purdy actually holds up really well against four man pressures if they try to just go with four man pressures and don't blitz him um, they may have trouble 
and trying to get to Brock Purdy because he is also mobile. But here's something I'm worried about with Brock Purdy, and it's something that's been floating around the 49ers fandom for a little while here, is trying to get Brock Purdy to drift to his left Mm -hmm. or bootleg to his left. That's a big problem for him. And most teams, they cannot, you know, force and compel a quarterback to drift one way or the other. But Philadelphia can because Philadelphia's got a really good defensive lineman, a really good defensive front, arguably the best in football. So if they want to uh, kind of build a game plan around overloading one side, applying pressure to one side, and forcing Purdy to drift and bootleg to his left, he's completing 32% of his passes uh, when he has a launch point from the left side of the field, and and that's when he's drifting or rolling to his left. Um, he's got a 63 passer rating um, and only two touchdowns when he's drifting and rolling to his left and throwing the ball to his left. Now, the Eagles defense, which which has uh, you know a ton of interceptions, I think they're second in the NFL behind the 49ers in interceptions. Uh, they got six picks. When quarterbacks are rolling or drifting to their left, that is tied for the most in the NFL. They may decide that on predictable passing downs, they want to overload one side, overload that right side of the defense uh, to you know Purdy's uh, right side and then force him to his left. That's interesting to me because <laughs> when you look at some of the quarterbacks in the <laughs> league, some excel going to that opposite direction. Yeah as opposed to going to their throwing side. Because sometimes it's tough for certain people. But I would challenge that in the fact that maybe he's gotten better at it a little bit because he he brought this up the other day because everybody kept asking about his unorthodox style of throwing. And he he attributed it to baseball. He -hmm. did it as well. you know. So there will be some plays where he's going up the middle and possibly having to make that throw across the field. So I I – I would challenge that. Like you said, I you're going to watch the game and you're going to see him go to the left side and see what he can do. But I think he's last week against the Cowboys, he did well because that throw, he ran to the left side and then he hit Kittle coming across the middle. Now, if Diggs blows him up, it's an incomplete pass and that just kind of mm-hmm. throws everything out the window. Very true. But he he was he was accurate on that throw. It wasn't a bad throw, and he's, he did it twice in that game. So I'm, I would love to see that challenge and see if those numbers get changed a little bit this week because he did have some success last week. Yeah, it could be, but the numbers, you got a sample size now of eight yeah. games, yeah. and the eight games tell you that Purdy drifting and rolling to his left, that he's not as effective and efficient. So if, if you're the Eagles, I mean, there are a little – you know, outliers, yep. and there are certain kind of analytical, I should say analytical outliers that you can build game plans around against Brock Purdy and the 49ers. And, and on the flip side of that, if you're a, a 49er uh, fan and you're worried about what the Eagles offense can do from the quarterback position, I mean, Jalen Hurts is arguably the best dual-threat quarterback in football. Mm-hmm. And the 49ers have played two dual-threat quarterbacks, lost to both of them. Hey. That's how they get down. <laughs> and lost it. Yeah, I mean, the, the dual-threat quarterback can be a great equalizer. Uh, also, oftentimes the ultimate cheat code. Mm-hmm. And the two that they faced were Justin Fields and Marcus Mariota, and they lost to both of them. Yep. 
That's a big time move, it's just, right? Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it, it, there is something about facing a a dual threat quarterback, and it's not that. How about this? I found this little nugget. It's not the design runs that hurt the 49ers. 49ers versus design quarterback runs or quarterback option runs. They're number one uh, in yards per rush allowed, two point six, yeah. uh, but they're eighteenth in yards per carry versus scrambles. Ooh. So it's the scram. So it's when the play breaks down. Yep. It's when the play breaks down completely. That's when the 49ers defense has their most trouble is when the yeah, the coverage probably was really good and the front did their job, quarterback held onto the ball. But when the fit hits the shan, a guy like you know Jalen Hurts can make something out of nothing. That's what I worry about with this uh, 49er defense. Can they contain him when he uh, decides to break the pocket and improvise? Even when they played him in 2021 in Week 2, he had 10 rushes for 82 yards and a rushing touchdown. They still weren't able to contain him then. Yeah. And I don't know if they're really going to be able to contain him scrambling. So they better put a spy on him uh-huh. as much as they can. That's going to be the key. Can they put a spy on him? If they put a spy on him, hard. they got a shot. But you put a spy on him, that means that you're makes, taking away yeah, from coverage exactly. of the best wide-receiving duo in the league, mm, arguably. There you go. With Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. So they're probably like, yeah, go put a spy on him. Please yeah. do. Please do, because that means one of those guys is in one-on-one coverage. And that's the scary part about this game. Both of these teams are are skillful enough that they can get away with certain things, but you can you get away with scheming a, a defense where you're going to put a spy on the quarterback and leave those two monsters open one-on-one? Yeah. That is a true challenge. But, again, I mean, D'Amico Ryans, this is another, this is another job interview. Yes, it this is. This is this opportunity mm-hmm. for you show me that you can scheme up that way and are able to to control the game with that, that's a huge, huge move for him. But I think the difference is their I think their defense is so first class, so to speak, because they have so much talent at every single position. I know mm-hmm. the one positions or the one layer of their defense that has a lot of troubles and you look at it, I saw a stat the other day that they give up the most twenty five plus yards play Per a game or something like they that, they give up a lot of chunk, yardage, a lot plays. Of chunk yardage plays. Yeah, they're they're near the bottom. That secondary, that secondary is a huge problem. But for for me, those linebackers in that first two levels, they can get to the quarterback. That's the challenge. Are they going to be able to get to Jalen Hurts? And Jalen Hurts, being the elusive quarterback that he is, to your point about him scramble plays, I, I, how healthy is he? He looked uh, good last week. He looked good last week, man. He looked good last week. He didn't. But does it take one hit on that shoulder to get him out of the game? I'm you know sure, what I'm saying? I'm sure the 49ers are going to test it out. Oh, oh you it, know that's right. Yeah, I'm sure they'll test it out. And then you throw in it's a lot of it's going to come down to red zone defense. Of mm-hmm. If you get in there, not allowing them to get touchdowns, sticking to field goals. Field goals, yeah. Because it's important for San Francisco not to get behind by enough that they're now having to rely on the arm of Brock Purdy mm-hmm. and no longer can play a – consistent style of running the ball and short plays and quick passes and all of that. So you want to be able to see if, hey, man, can you stay disciplined if mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts breaks contains but still looks downfield and you have two really good wide receivers trying to make something happen to get open? Can you stay on task? Can you stay on position? And then not lose Jalen Hurts where he breaks off and gets a touchdown. All mm-hmm. that's just hard to do against this Philly team. 
But it's going to be very important when it comes down on Sunday. Yeah, basically the Philadelphia offense is built around putting you in constant conflict. And, you know, the old triple option offense, they've just taken it to an extreme. And now it's a quadruple, quintuple offense. (laughs) They had a quintuple uh, option offense where, yeah, you got the zone read, uh, but it could hand it off or it could be a zone read keeper. Uh, But on top of that zone read action, they may have a jet sweep. A.J. Brown coming or a Devontae Smith on the jet sweep. And then with that jet sweep, he goes straight to the flat. So there's a quick, you know, a quick game option, quick game, quick game, yep, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game option in case the defensive end crashes down or say the defensive end wants, takes the quarterback. He's still got a another option on top of either to hand it off or to keep it. And he also can throw it out there into the flat. And then on top of that, they'll build package plays with that RPO zone reconcept where it's a backside play and then there's a front side play. Backside play takes longer to develop than the front side play. If the front side one isn't there, he can always go to the backside play. And yep. if none of those are available, he can just decide to scramble. No doubt. It is it is a it, it, it's it, fascinating. It's 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 simplistically brilliant because it simply it is triple option football, but they've just added the passing game as a part of it and now infused RPO concepts too. Uh, so if the 49ers, it, it, this would be my this would be my game plan versus Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts is I mean, he's been phenomenal right he's, he's in the MVP this conversation and he very well deserves it. But what I found out about Jalen Hurts is that he's he's great in the pocket and he's great scrambling. Yep. But he's not great outside of the pocket, just as a quarterback outside the pocket before he starts to scramble. So he's decisive. What you have to do is make him indecisive, right? So Jalen Hurts outside the pocket has a 37% completion percentage, 4.2 yards per attempt, a 52 quarterback rating when you flush him from the pocket. So you want to flush him from the pocket, but you don't want him scrambling. So you yeah. uh, you got to keep him in that purgatory. Yeah, you want to. So you do want to try to, you know, collapse the pocket as quickly as you can. But then once he leaves the pocket and flushes the pocket, you want to keep him there looking downfield to throw. Yeah. If, if he flushes the pocket and then looks to run, that's when he does the most damage. That's when he does the most damage to the 49ers, or at least he did. And the 49ers defense has been susceptible to scrambling quarterbacks, not quarterback design runs, scrambling quarterbacks when the play breaks down. So what, the, what they want to do is keep a spy on them, and then every time he flushes from the pocket, you can just kind of keep him there, keep yep. him from scrambling, and keep him right there in that, that purgatory um, between being a pocket passer and being a scrambler because that's when he's at his most ineffective and and inefficient. Do you make sure that your defensive ends keep pushing up the field and not try to try to get to the quarterback, you know, try to figure out his depths at the drop that's and the, just yeah. keep pushing up the field, right? That's the concern, right? Cuz yep. if they're pushing up the field um and your defensive tackles, they aren't stout enough and then there are holes, right? At the line of scrimmage there. And he's yep. got green grass. Yep. He's yep. going he's to scramble he's and take run. it. Yeah. Now, if you got a spy on him, then maybe that's what you want, right? right. Maybe you want your defensive end to essentially seal the edge, seal that edge, and say, all right, if he's going to scramble, he's got to scramble straight up into Fred Warner. Yeah. Stra- he's got to scramble straight up into Greenlaw. Because if we let Some him break the pot and get outside of, that, of those tackles or get outside that defensive end, yeah. then, oh man, then Fred Warner's chasing. Or maybe that's what you want. 
Yep. Maybe you'd rather your defensive ends crash down, all mm-hmm. right, collapse the pocket, and then force him to go to the outside where Fred Warren and Dre Greenlaw, they're like, dude, I'll chase you down. I'm not I'm not some average NFL linebacker, dude. We can run. Well, it goes we can back run to- side to side. So it depends on what you as a and maybe you mix it up. And Instead it, of what you as a coach want to prioritize. And it also goes back to what you've been talking about. <laughs> now this is the time where, again, I'm going to bring it back to Dak, of course. This is that time where you say at this point in your in the season, you're playing against the best of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And your your margin for error it gets even smaller now. So for, for Jalen Hurts, who by all accounts has not been challenged all year. I mean, think about it. They've what? He lost one or two games himself. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about him. Yeah. While he's been at the quarterback position, and now he's going up against the best defensive team in the NFL. There is no, there's no margin for error in this game. You're not going up against the New York Giants defense, which has been very suspect all year. Yeah. As by their record, mm-hmm. now you're going up against a team that just won what 12 straight games. Now this is going for 13. And that defense is elite. You know, we use the words differently, but that that defense, besides that back end, mm-hmm. that front seven is elite when it comes to it. So this is a huge challenge for Jalen Hurts, and this will be that moment in the season where we've been talking about it before. It's like big guy, big time players make big time plays and big time games, mm-hmm. and this is his opportunity to show exactly who he is. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Uh, I, right now, I mean, you are picking. If you know you, are you, go, are you ready to give your pick? I'll give it here in just a little bit. You give it here in just a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I, Matter I, of fact, I'll give it to you now. Okay, go ahead. So for me, uh, all the great talk. It's really hard for me to pick the Philadelphia Eagles. I know numbers tell me I should pick them. Um, looking at the, looking at it at face value, I should pick them. But I'm going with the 49ers. I just think that that defense is going to show up. We've been waiting for Brock Purdy to have a Brock Purdy moment. We've mm-hmm. been waiting for him to have that rookie moment, and he still has not had that moment. Hasn't happened. And and it, and to me, that's the craziest part of it. We keep wishing that part about him. Everybody's wishing. Well, I'm oh, saying like, no, 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 no. Well, we keep talking. Uh, you, you're, you're a Cowboys fan, so you're wishing. Yeah, Don't I, put words I, in our mouth. I was, hey, look. I was, <laughs> you're wishing. I was hoping. I was exactly. hoping. I was living with hope last week. I was hoping he would wish, have his yeah, moment. Yeah. <laughs> so when you watch it, you keep you, we keep talking about, ah, oh, he's going to have that rookie moment. He's going to have his moment. Everybody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, my man is still doing his thing. And I want to believe that Shano, with his offense, with Kittle, with those weapons that he has, with, you know, um, uh, uh, McCaffrey, McCaffrey and Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, and even Elijah Mitchell. Even Elijah Mitchell has been a very valuable part of their success. We saw it last week. I just think that they have so many weapons and these are the this is the game you and I have been talking about for a long time. We've been saying these are the two best teams in the NFC. No question. Now they're playing each other. Mm-hmm. And I believe that I believe and I hope that San Francisco can pull it off because there's no way. Matter of fact, I'm just going for the AFC. How about that? <laughs> no, nah, yeah, but I, I'm but I'm rolling I feel I'm that. Ro- in this game because I have to make a pick. I'm going to roll with uh San Francisco. 
Uh, all right, because you're okay, because you're leaving early. I want to get your picks for the other game, to the AFC game, uh, the Cincinnati. And I think you've already probably said I'm rolling with the Bengals. You're rolling with the Bengals, even though they're missing. Sorry, Kansas City. Even though they're missing three offense starting offensive linemen. We, we we thought that last week, and they were playing yeah, in the snow. The Kansas City's defense is they're, they're, they're Chris pass, Jones they're is a monster. Rush, their pass rush is better. Yeah, Chris Jones yeah. is a monster. I mean, he, he's City, up for MVP, defensive Ken, MVP. Only Dallas had more pressures than than Kansas City. Kansas City yeah. gets the quarterback. Yeah, nobody they can. talks. About that, but they actually can get to the quarterback really well, and they led the NFL in quarterback hits. Uh, they can't. So, but I'm with you, Joe. It's hard to pick against Joe. Uh, it's hard to do that. Somebody told me today they were like, "Do you think he can win four in a row against Patrick Mahomes?" And I was like, "Have you seen him? Like this dude has no frontal lobe. He <laughs> he he could care less. He, yeah. His job is to beat everybody." And I know everybody's making a big deal about Burrowhead and all this other stuff. Chris Jones even made the conversation. He did. He was like, yeah, I'll see y'all at Burrowhead, I guess. You know, and that scares me, that that part, because they're pissed. They're looking at this as like, man, he cannot come back into our stadium and beat us. The fans are going to be rowdy. The fans are going to be rowdy. They're going to be turned up. They're going to be on twelve. And the dial only goes to 10. They will be. <laughs> They're going to be on mm-hmm. 12. But right now, I, I said it at the beginning of the year, and I'm going to say it again. I just think there's something about this Cincinnati Bengals team that is different than anybody else, and that is because they have zero fear of any team in the league. They don't care. They don't care about reputations. They don't care who's on the other sideline. Mm-hmm. They do not care i'm still rolling with cincinnati yeah um no it's hard to, to sorry that. sorry casey fans i know a lot of you listen <laughs> to this show i know y'all a lot of my friends but cowboys ain't it i don't want y'all in it. Uh, <laughs> no uh I, I feel you that i feel you on that though i mean it's, it's amazing that that mahomes has not beaten joe burrow and it's crazy to think yeah and they've dominated the afc and yet he can't beat joe burrow he is Patrick Mahomes is kryptonite right now, but they know that. Yep. I believe this line is going back and forth. I mean, Kansas City was favored, and then the line went to a pick'em, and then Cincinnati was favored. Now I believe it went back to a pick'em, and then Kansas City was favored. I don't know where it is now. I'm checking right now it's as gone, we speak. It's gone back and forth like at least three times from Kansas City favored uh, back uh, looks to a like pick em. Kansas City favored by a point and a half right now. Okay, so it did. It went from Kansas City being favored by a point and a half yep. to a pick em, to Cincinnati being favored by a point and a half to two points, and now back to a pick em, and now back to Kansas City being And favored. you know why, right? Because everybody's <laughs> been watching the film, because the reason why I jumped so much before is because everybody thought Patrick Mahomes was hurt. Mm-hmm. Well, now we've seen him walking without a boot. He's been at practice every single day this week, and everybody's like, uh-oh, he's playing. That's why that number went back to Kansas City because it's a home game oh, again. Yeah. So right. they're trying to they're trying to look at him and say the money is flipped. I know we we look at these lines and money flips back and forth. This time it flipped strictly because of the fact that Patrick Mahomes is back and looks to be healthy. Are, are you surprised that uh, that the over under is so close between these two games that it's like forty six and a half for San Francisco and Eagles and forty eight? Yeah. Are you surprised that the two defensive teams and then the two super high-powered offenses? Take the under. I took the over just now. Take the over <laughs> as we spoke. I take the under, especially for the San Fran. Well, San I took, Fran no, I'm talking game. about. I'm talking about for Cincinnati. Oh, for, for it's Cincinnati, 48. In the last few times that they've played each other, 
the final score has been 27-24. 27-24. Like, that has been the exact score. 27-24. 27-24. Yeah. So I'm taking over. Okay. I just took it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I ain't even look and see what the weather's going to be like. I didn't do any of that. <laughs> I just looked at that number and said, I'm taking it. Well, you got you got the two best quarterbacks, arguably, in the league. Yeah. So um, they're going to be able to move the football. Uh, they'll be making some plays. So it's it's going to be a hell of a showdown because if Kansas City loses once again to Cincinnati, the narrative is about to shift unlike anything you've ever seen uh, when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, yep. who was two years ago considered to be the baby goat. Yep. And it'll go straight to Joe Burrow conversation and Joe Burrow and him surpassing potentially Patrick Mahomes yep. already. Yep, yep. So just be ready for it. Oh, it's going to be an. Oh, they, that narrative's going to be crazy. Oh, yeah, it's going to throw it out there. And I, honestly, yeah. you can't really can't deny it. That it would be an incredible start to a career for Joe Burrow, but also an incredible start for Patrick Mahomes. But he just cooled off a little bit and just kind of shows you it's really tough to win this league, man. Once the, once the NFL watches film on you and once they have a game plan for you and a blueprint for you, it's really tough to win this league year after year. All right, what you got coming up for the people on Harsh Knock Life? Well, there was a report that came out the other day on CBS about the. Early draft picks, the the top twenty three. I mean, top twenty draft picks, and I want to get you guys' opinion for next year's draft. I want to get y'all's thoughts on that. All right, we'll get into a little draft buzz on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie, one four nine the Horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Yeah, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. But in front of y'all, I'm gonna speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a 512 edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's a 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Harbaugh Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Hard. You can follow my man Rod Babers at Rod Babers. And you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show. You can hit us up on the Specs text line 512-337-3776. And joining us now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline is a man that has been on these airways with us from time to time. He actually reached out to my man Rod Babers, who was one of the best cover corners that my man Derek Johnson had ever seen, and he brought him down <laughs> to the All-American game down there in San Antonio. He's the co-founder of the Texas High School Football Showcase. He's direct, the director of football development of uh, FBU Camp, and he has a camp that is going on coming up here real quick next weekend, actually, that he's going to give you the information about. We talked about it in the uh, Flex segment is my man, Anthony Williams. You can follow him at A Williams USA uh, on Twitter. What's up, Ant? Hey, am I correct in that it's somebody's birthday today? You yeah. are correct, sir. It is your boy's uh, hold birthday. On. Uh, hold on. <clears throat> Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy. Hey, Mike. Happy birthday, Sam. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, man. So how are you doing? And let us know what you have coming up here on February the 5th. I uh, appreciate it, guys. Appreciate all the support before I jump into the – the event next Sunday at Del Valley. I want to once again thank Rod Babish for coming out and sharing his knowledge with some of the top cornerbacks and DBs and safeties and nickels across the country at the uh, NBC National Combine a couple weeks ago. Oh, thank you, man. Up, getting into the drills with, with Aaron and, and Emerson Walls, two-time Super Bowl champion with the Cowboys, and Chet Brooks, 
two-time Super Bowl champion with the Niners. Hmm. Uh, Rod, I hope you had fun that weekend. Oh, man, I had so much fun. Check Checked a couple things off my bucket list. <laughs> uh, got a chance to eat a meal with Everson Walls. Bragged to my dad about that. So, uh, no, it was great. And I, like I said, anytime you want me to be a part of it, I'm in. You ain't even got to uh, ask me, man. I'm already in. It was such a great uh, atmosphere and such a great experience. Yeah, no, I appreciate you. You've you probably been following a lot of the kids that you coach in that uh, combine have gone on, and their, their recruiting has just taken off as true class of 20, uh, 25 and nice. 24. So I appreciate your support on that. Nice. Um, Mike, thanks for the platform. So um, I had a really good meeting with the Flex team uh, just a couple of days ago. And so uh, every year, Coach Anthony Wood, the head coach and athletic director at, at Westwood High School, uh, we do a, a, a showcase for the unsigned seniors. Uh, these are for those kids that, that have not signed on early signing day back last month in December. Uh, they may not sign this coming Wednesday. And so, you know, Mike, as you and I have talked about, you know, a lot of kids, there's a lot of focus in the media on the, the Cedric Baxters and the Arch Mannings. And those kids are great. And I love they've been to our events and stuff. But there's a lot of great kids out there who uh, maybe missed that recruiting cycle uh, playing for us as a sophomore or junior, and maybe they had a, a senior in front of them. They're good student athletes. They have high character, and they're looking to, for a place to, A, continue their education, and, B, keep playing football. And so every year for the last 20, 10 years, uh, Coach Wood and I, we host this unsigned senior showcase right here in our backyard at Dell Valley's Athletic Indoor Complex. Uh, we'll have some Division II, Division III, NAIA, and some JUCO coaches there who still have scholarship money who are looking to fill out their roster now after the signing day because, as we all know, there is a pecking order when it comes to recruiting, and some of your, your D2s and D3s can't compete against Texas and A&M and Baylor. So you have, they have to wait until after these kids finally find out, hey, you may not have gotten that, that D1 offer, but there's still a lot of opportunity out there to continue education in play. So we'll have college coaches out there. We'll put the kids through a not just the unsigned seniors, but the underclassmen that are looking to get uh, some recruiting exposure. Uh, we'll have them out there. We'll put them through a – a combine, just like with Rod down in, uh, in San Antonio uh, with uh, laser testings at the NFL combine. And then we'll clear the field. We'll do some individual drills so coaches can evaluate these players. And then we'll get into some competitive one-on-ones, both for O-line, D-line, and for the skill positions. And uh, afterwards, the coaches, if, they, if, you, uh, if you brought it and they like what they saw, they're going to bring you over and talk to you about an official visit or unofficial visit or off you on the spot. Uh, it is one of the most gratifying events, Mike and Mark, Rob, that we have, me and Coach Wood, to actually have a kid come in with zero recruiting exposure or attention or offers and leave there with either a couple of uh, official visit offers or actual offers to continue their education. So that's what's going on February the 5th, registration at 8 o'clock at Del Valley High School. It's interesting. We're talking to Anthony Williams. And, Anthony, I wanted to talk to you about that as well because this is something that I think a lot of parents don't truly understand. Obviously, everybody wants that D1 scholarship. Everybody wants to be on the radar of all the big major schools. But sometimes it's not for everyone. And there's still some top quality schools that are out there. You brought up the JUCO. A lot of people, oh, JUCO, those are for the ones that didn't qualify. No, not necessarily. Those are for probably some of the guys that were underdeveloped early in their career, and then then all of a sudden it takes off and you go to a JUCO and you just become that guy. Cam Newton went to a JUCO. Michael Bishop, who's now a college football Hall of Famer, went to a JUCO. But you also can go to a Division II level, uh, 1AA. It's not always about being at that high-profile school. So you want your education paid for, and this is another platform for you to have that, correct? 
Yeah, it's, it's very correct, Mike, and I'll, I'll keep it real with you guys, and I always do, uh, for the players and parents out there. If you're a class of 23 right now and you're still waiting for a D1 school to get in contact with you like four days, five days before signing day, you're probably not going to get a D1 offer. Nothing wrong with that, but it, like I said before, I've been show many times, it can't be D1 or bust. Parents and players need to understand that there are more opportunities for scholarships and the ability to get your education paid for at the non-Division One levels than there are the Division One levels. It's, just, it's, a, it's a numbers thing. So there are more FCS, D2, D3, NAIA, and JUCO schools that have scholarship money than there are with D1. I know D1 sounds good. And yeah, I'm blessed my oldest son, Aaron Williams, got to play at University of Texas and is a proud member of DBU. Uh, but my other son uh, went to UTSA, and he had to go to JUCO in California, DeAnza. So there are many, many paths to success. And don't get your – your expectations crowded in that, uh, clouded that if they don't go D1, uh, that you're not going to play college football. There are One of the things that these players and families in the state of Texas need to understand is this. We live in one of the most heavily recruited states in the country. Every coach in Kansas, Iowa, Wisconsin, California, all over, they would love to come here and get the backup left tackle at Anderson or the backup running back at, at uh, Westlake because they know that kid has been through – Great off-season training. He's got great high school coaching. He's been around great facilities. And he can come to their, their program and make a difference and help them win games and win their conference at no, what, at no matter what division they're at. So I think parents and players, one thing I always talk about with Mike and Rod and others is set realistic expectations. If your son is a 5'9", 195-pound linebacker at Liberty Hill, that's great. He was all district and, and maybe even all county. But go look at the Texas – Baylor, A&M rosters, and look and see how many five, nine linebackers are on that roster. So there has to be some, a reality check, Mike, uh, to recruiting because if you don't have what I call realistic recruiting expectations, you're going to be surely disappointed, and you might miss out on the opportunities to, to continue to play and get your education paid for by non-D1 schools. No doubt about it. So, Anthony, everybody's been asking uh, the question, what time does this event kick off? And it will be at Dell Valley High School, correct? Yes, and we will be at the Dell Valley. Uh, if, you've, if you've never been over to Dell Valley in a while, they've got, I think, the only uh, uh, brand-new indoor facility. So the, yes. the Dell Valley Athletic Complex mm. uh, will be inside because we don't know what the weather's going to be like once you know, the weather hits February here in Texas. could be 12 degrees, could be snowing, but we will be inside, <laughs> so weather will be an issue. We register at 8 a.m. Uh, if you if you can register uh, uh, online now uh, at a discounted rate of $50 to help pay for the insurance for the, for the facility. If you just want to walk up that day, you wake up Sunday morning like, you know what, I'm going to try and get me a scholarship somewhere. You want to come down, and we, ha- we offer walk-up registration at 8 o'clock. Mm. Uh, we'll start uh, uh, Dynamic Church at 9. We'll do the testing at about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. We'll, after the testing, we'll do the football drills and one-on-ones, and you'll be out of there by 12, 12.30. Uh, you'll hopefully get a chance to talk with some coaches. And also, because of COVID and because of the, the shrinking budget of some of these D2 and D3 and NAI schools, we are doing a live stream again of the event. So even mm. if coaches aren't there physically, you're going to have D1 because D1 coaches can't be there uh, based on the NCAA calendar. But you'll have D1, D2, D3 coaches watching the live stream online, uh, and players will have access to it. So they can add that footage to their highlight video but you'll have coaches watch online, and you may get you know, uh, uh, contacted through your um, performance uh, because they're watched online. So we're trying to nice. be realistic to, to the times that we're in right now. Everybody doesn't have the budget to fly in. The coaches from Iowa, from Wisconsin, and we've got uh, coaches coming in from New York and, and, and New Hampshire. 
so we, we got to use technology to, to help these kids continue their education. And so that's what we're going to do. Nice. That's outstanding, Love Anthony. Love it. So tell everybody the website so they can make sure that they sign up. TexasFootballShowcase.com. You can go in and register there. want to shout out a couple of my partners. As I mentioned, Coach Wood, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings is going to help feed the coaches that come in. Nice. The that come in. Uh, Real Goat Sports. My boy uh, Devin uh, Sam is going to be there uh, interviewing players. Uh, we're hopefully going to have uh, the Flex team there also inter- interviewing some of the, uh, the 512 players. So lots of coverage. We'll have some of the rivals and 24-7 guys there, coaches there. Uh, it will be a really good time as we, once again, celebrate these class of 23 seniors who aren't going to some of the big-time schools, give them one last chance to make their dreams a reality of having football pay for their college education. That's outstanding, man. Fantastic. I love it. I love it. Anthony, mm. keep up the great work. Once again, thank you for coming out last night and checking out DJ while he was playing. But most importantly, thank you for all that you do for these kids and giving them that opportunity because every platform isn't for everybody, but you give them that platform to go out there and showcase their skills. Well, man, all glory to God. Happy birthday to you. And I really enjoyed watching DJ play last night. I can't wait to see you. And, and, and Rod here very, very shortly. I appreciate you, man. Thanks, there he Anthony. is, Anthony Williams. Right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you, brother. Man. Yeah. He does a great job with it these is. kids, I, man. And really him does. and his whole crew. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You got a chance to actually be a part of it. I've known uh, the Williams family since I was coaching. I've coached everybody in their family. I've coached every single kid from his daughter That's crazy. to Aaron to uh, Daniel to uh, 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 oh god, dog it, Coach Harge. That's what they all call me. <laughs> that's what they all call Coach me, Harge, man. Huh? Yeah, yeah. That's no, what they all call me. And he had all Division One athletes. Hey, he's got good. They got good genes. They got great. They genes. got some Mama, great genes. Mama was a great track star. Yeah. Daddy played football. They all got after it. They got great genes. They also got yeah. great values too. That's it. Uh, oh, that's the family great, values, man. They got I great love them. Genes, but better values as a family. So a shout out to Coach. And by the way, if you want some more details, you actually can go to flxatx.com, um, and there is actually a detailed yep. uh, brochure, if you will, on the website there about the showcase coming up uh, for Anthony. So you go go check that out. It's really good stuff. But go to flxatx.com if you got any questions. Something we did not cover, it'll be up there for you. No doubt. Um, all right. Thanks to Anthony Williams for joining us. We always appreciate that. Uh, we come back. We got off the record. Patrick sent this one, so blame Patrick if <laughs> it makes you cringe when we talk about this story. We'll do it on the other side for Off the Record right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful. DD Mega Doo I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break, the head cold. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Welcome back to Bar Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for another edition of Off the Record. And this is a sad and bizarre story. Uh, Clemson star uh, basketball player Brevin Galloway um, apparently revealed that he experienced an injury this week that I hope none of you guys out there ever had to experience. He said on Thursday that his um, scrotum exploded, basically. The Tiger senior guard said the horrifying swelling of his testes occurred after he had finished a morning gym session followed by an afternoon siesta, 
Quote, this morning, I went to lift. I came back. I took a nap. I woke up from my nap. And my, <laughs> I'm not even going to say that. I'll just say that his junk, uh, his stuff down there, <clears throat> the scrotum exploded. He said in an Instagram video. He said he underwent immediate surgery. And thankfully, after about three hours under the knife, everything down under is now back to normal size. He said, I don't know what happened to my my balls. Uh, I guess they were just trying to be like basketballs, but we made it. Wow. What? Yeah. Ugh. Uh, I mean, he's a good player, too, but they, they I want more detail, not about the, what happened, because that sounds painful and horrible, but I want more details about, um, like, what caused this? I mean... Like did they talk he about? He has zero idea of how it happened. He went to take a man, siesta. That, that is a that is a real confidence in yourself to walk out of that doctor's office without him telling you exactly what happened and how to never have it happen right. again. Right. I need right. details. Like, bro, I need details on what went down here. Was I did I lift too much? Was I lifting too much? Did nah. I or yeah. exert myself too much? Now I tell you this: if I if I'm him and I go to work out, I am never sleeping within eight hours of working out. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm staying up monitoring the situation for the rest of my life after working out. Yeah, basically, he said it's all he did. He said that all he did was work out. He said this morning I went to lift. I came back. I took a nap. And he woke up from the nap. And that, oh, what a horrible way to wake up from a nap. Yeah. He woke up from a nap and his elephant, the sack had exploded. Ugh. There might have been something else that went, went. Yeah, went I mean, like, on. I mean, do you think he woke up from the nap? Because of this, or he just woke up, just casually woke up, or he just woke up, and he was just like he just went down for a casual scratch. Uh, He was like, something seems off here. Why Uh, are they so? You know they swole up on him. Yeah. Yep. So it had to be huge. It'd be like a grapefruit down there. Yeah. Oh. And then look, look, look. Somebody just napping. So you got to put on pants to go to the doctor. Oh. Oh no. Yeah. Who did he tell first? Did he tell anybody or did he just go straight to I the I would have called straight to the I would have called the trainer first. I said, Hey, you need to come over here and look at this. <laughs> and explain. That's your job. Yeah, that is right. what you get paid for. All right, Josh Check Primo. Yeah, I mean, come over here, you gotta I, look at this. I didn't say to Masseuse uh <laughs> wow. Deshaun Watson. I didn't need them to come over. <laughs> I needed somebody else to come and check this. There's somebody Ooh. said I had something called elephant. Oh yeah, ep- elephantitis. Yeah, and they yeah. said it caused by. Oh, you say no, it says epid, epid, ep- epididymitis. Yeah, that's, that's the same thing. But ep- I think some, it's the same. Some guy here says elephantitis, but that no, that's very different. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> very different. Elephantitis <laughs> when you're swollen. It, up. Yeah, it's when your sack like swells up. I'm, I still don't know the reason. Well, why. most of that time, that happens when you get a vasectomy and you try to do too much after that too. Really? You have to make sure that you're icing, and when oh. they tell you you're gonna feel like you're okay, you're not. Okay, really? Oh yeah, I had I had it. Not that, but you say like I, if you didn't I, if you don't ice properly or you go out there yeah, exactly. If you don't really do really. the things that you're supposed to do wow. and you think you're good, oh no, I'm good. I'm you, good. You that can happen to you. My uncle no. told me he was like, man, I had it and I thought I was all right. I went out, started <laughs> hanging out with people, and all of a sudden started tingling. <laughs> There were some things that were happening. Next thing I know, what I'm like, he's running around like Serrano. 
Oh, you know what I'm saying? In Major League when oh. he was running oh. the bases. I'm telling you, if, wow. if I get that, I'm running. I'm, I'm carrying a Yeti in my pants. Make sure I'm ice down. That yeah, is crazy. Exactly. Uh, so it says hard in the taint, hard in the paint. There it is. <laughs> we got some problems going on. Huh? <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I have to bring up this story because anytime there's a story about some type of injury down under, <laughs> it brings it brings the uh, player, the famous, famous NFL player Virgil Livers to oh, mind. I remember this story. Virgil Livers, 5'8", 176 pounds. God bless this man. By the way, he's in the Western Kentucky Hall of Fame. Damn good football player, by the way. Uh, It is probably known, at least not worldwide, at least nationally known as the the, the worst uh, groin injury in the history of sports. So what happened to Virgil Livers is basically late... In his second season with the Bears, Livers was blocking at the end of a punt return inside Soldier Field when a member of the Raiders jumped the pile to avoid a late hit and instead came down knee first on Livers' lap. That's right. Just before the guy landed, Livers distinctly remembers a split second, he says, where he swears they locked eyes and the player (laughs) (laughs) shot him a kind of helpless, I'm so sorry for this, bro, look. It didn't help. His testicle exploded on contact. Livers wasn't wearing a cup. And incredibly, wore one for only a short time afterwards. How about that? How about you have an incident where your uh, testicles explode as a result of a contact injury, and then you decide, I'm still not wearing a cup. That man is uh, living on the wild I trust side. myself. I trust myself. Yeah. What are the odds of that happening twice? Come on. <laughs> I, guess, great. I guess so. By the way, I didn't wear one either. So mm. I guess you gotta, hey, if I can't protect that, I don't need to be playing. All I, right? Listen. I got to protect d- my family. Too, I played okay? baseball. And nor I, there were very few games that I did wear a cup because I trusted my hands so much. I'm trusting your, yeah, exactly. I trusted my hands Come on, so now, much. I'm, by the way, I'm protecting that first. Yes. I might let something hit me in the face before yeah. I let something hit that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Facts. But is it, is it most <laughs> of the time you're going you're gonna to get contact with the ball and then the ball is going to get contact with the balls? Exactly. <laughs> so you got to make adjustments. <laughs> okay, so this is what happened. So apparently, yeah, his, his sack exploded on contact. This guy kneed him or just landed uh, his knees on his junk. Uh, the Basically, livers, though, went. How about this? He went back on the field. After, that was, that's how tough hey, football players used to be. His sack he's a gamer. Exploded, yeah, <laughs> it exploded on contact. He went on back on the field like, ah, oh, man, maybe it's just a bubble guts. I'm not sure what this is. Yeah. He went back on the field um, and then for the next defensive series, but for the whole series, until his scrotum swelled to the size of a large orange or grapefruit, yep. and then it began obstructing his stride. So the only reason he left the game is because he couldn't run uh, because his scrotum. Uh, so, so what you're saying is when he watched when he watched Patrick Mahomes go down, they're like, he's so tough getting back in the game. He's like, yeah, real tough. Yeah, this real guy, tough. He, he mocks every injury uh, yeah. and he watches the football. He's like, ah, that ain't nothing. Uh, he said, oh, he got a sprained ankle? So how about this? Uh, he said, I was the smallest guy in my position in the NFL, and I was determined to be the toughest, and for six years I was. Um, he said uh, that basically after that happened, so after the game, trainers suggested draining the <clears throat> the orb there with a needle before mercifully deciding to take x-rays instead mm. on on film it looked like a shattered light bulb the doctor said oh. and livers was immediately sent to the hospital for surgery he was told not to worry that there was a reason most vital organs come in sets of twos. <laughs> he only Shocker. needed one. Uh, like, hey, hey, some people will tell you, you only need one. As he remembers it, <laughs> Livers, how about this? As Livers remembers it, he tells the story, he drove himself. 
to the ER. That's what we do. Drove himself to the ER, ladies and gentlemen, with an exploded testicle. Deal with that. Drove himself to the ER. And then, how about that? He needed, he, he needed surgery, and his wife, Linda, was nine months pregnant at the time. The news sent her into labor. It was like, oh, mm-hmm. your husband's uh, junk exploded. She's like, what the hell? And well, she, she knew in- that was the last kid they was going to have. <laughs> <laughs> she went into labor after that. Um, and how about this? Uh, his wife, Linda, was driven to the hospital by Connie Payton, wife of Walter, Walter. Payton. Yep, yep. Drove her to the house- hospital and stayed with her while she delivered the liver's son, Alexander, who weighed more than 10 pounds. Did they have adjoining rooms? That's what I need to know. That's a great question. That's what I need to know. Father and son met two days later after Livers persuaded his surgeon to release him early. Oh, by the way, he played football again. Oh, yeah. He went on to play football for the Bears later still, and he played He played two more years for the Bears, and then went to play for the Blitz. That man loves the game. Yeah. Uh, wow. Man, this is, what I said, this is what I said earlier, man. <laughs> both those stories, well, put both those stories in the it could be worse file. <laughs> Whenever you get down in life, yep. just go to that file and then look worse. down your pants and go, <laughs> in one piece. <laughs> I mean, how, how tough is this mofo, man? Yeah, he's one of the toughest. Like, that, that, they I drove, feel no pain. He went back on the field after his junk, his, his scrotum exploded, and mm. then drove himself to the ER? Mm. That should not be. How did he not pass out and faint out of shock? You're not normal. Wow! I don't know. Apparently, don't like apparently these injuries make you just crazy because this other kid didn't ask his doctor what went wrong. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like I, he just, he's just like, ah, man. Well, can I work out tomorrow? I'm like, no, <laughs> never again. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. Yeah, I know he's got a girlfriend or a significant other of some kind. They probably won't. They probably want to. St- they probably want the reason why she was I out need, with her friends. She was. <laughs> she was out with her friends. <laughs> well, he's going to need some help recuperating <laughs> from this thing, and he, I'm sure he can't do all the stuff himself. He'll probably need somebody to apply no. some of the. <laughs> no. 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 Uh, all right. I'm sorry for people who had to listen to that. Uh, I had to get that story out there. Uh, all right. Um, this is why. Isn't it why Ginobili is so loved though? Didn't Ginobili lose? Yeah. He did. Didn't he lose? Yeah. A, he yeah, lost he, one, right? Yeah. But and it was it was for a basketball injury. Yes. And that, I can't remember the full story off the top of my head. But he yes. gave up one for Spurs fans. Yeah. yeah. Y'all better love that man. Hey, Monty Ginobili, man. <laughs> yeah. That's why he's a Hall of Famer. That's why he's a Hall of Famer. That's why he's a Hall of Famer. Caught a bat, lost a nut, man. Monty's done it all. <laughs> All right, hey Hard, uh, be safe on the road. Appreciate man. it, man. And thank have y'all a great so weekend, much. brother. And thank happy you birthday. for the thank happy y'all birthday, for the birthday shouts. I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you so much for welcoming me to the ARN family. And we're gonna keep rocking this thing. I made it around one more year around the sun. <laughs> I'm gonna try to make it another. Oh, one, you baby. got you got plenty more. You got plenty more. We love you, brother, and be appreciate safe it. on the road. All thank right, uh, we'll come back. We'll get into more conference championship previews right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful, now Ball Don't Lie. <laughs> right on Wonderful. <laughs> 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 Pun intended. <laughs>